about love, sex, and everything in between. And today, we have on the amazing goddess Cecilia to talk to us about sexuality and sex and sensuality after sexual assault. Hey, goddess Cecilia, or Cecilia, hey. (laughs) Hey, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, I'm so glad you're on. Um... Thank you, thank you. I've been admiring your work for a while. You know, the goddess, um, the mermaid, the everything. I'm about it. I'm with it. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking Same. the time. To I've be definitely on. been following and just been like, oh my gosh, this person is so cool. You, you, you. Oh my god, isn't it's the wonders of the internet? I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Cecilia, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself? Who you are? What do you do? Tell us. All right, well, um, I go by Goddess Cecilia uh, on my website and in social media. I'm a sexuality and pleasure educator, and I do a lot of educating with folks in in basically like non-traditional settings mm. of a sex toy party. It's like they come for the laughs and the toys, and then I throw in a bunch of, like, learning, and then I leave them a little speechless because they're like, wow, I, I had no idea I was going to learn so much. But it's great because I'm like, yeah, you didn't know I was going to sneak in a little bit of that. (laughs) Uh, And I also have started doing these sort of bi-monthly videos that bring together my love for sex ed and my affinity with mermaids. (laughs) I started doing these like Mermaid Monday videos. They're basically like little quickie bits of sex and pleasure ed info. Mm. I'm also a, yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, they're, like, really short, and, and you know, I I, it gives them. me an excuse to put on a mermaid tail <laughs> and be by the water. Yes, <laughs> I love it. You know? Yeah. I'm also a pleasure professional for the O-School. Oh, gosh, a co-facilitator for the Sex Positive Boston discussions for Pleasure Pie. And I'm a volunteer survivor speaker for the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center. Oh, wow. I do a lot. I, I hear that resume is popping. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the calendar is, like, full a lot. I hear <laughs> you. Oh, my gosh. So about our topic and, you know, about you being on the Speakers Bureau, um, one, yeah. of the, one of the – the um, the old school um, kind of conversations that I've seen you facilitate has been around sex after sexual assault. And I think that's a topic that I never heard anybody really talking about. I never really, I don't think I thought about it. You know, I think a lot of times yeah. the narrative around sexual assault survivors is around like how to get your healing and how to like, get your life back on track and how to, right. you know, trust again and everything, but not thinking about how to be a sensual, a sexual person after someone may have experienced so much trauma. So I thought the topic was so important. And I know that the larger narrative, now that we're talking about like me too and time's up, no one's really tackling like how to get back into your body 
after yeah. after traumatic experiences or what to do after you've reported or what to do mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, look, I've experienced this thing, but like I need some time, but I still want to explore pleasure and I still want to explore these things. So what got you into this topic and the, such a such a unique topic and what what made you start start talking about it? Well, well, being that I'm a survivor, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that experience in and of itself was, you know, obviously not the funnest part right. of my history, but definitely set me on a course to say, okay, you know, like I have this opportunity to to use my my whole being essentially to help prevent sexual assault, mm-hmm. childhood, sexual assault, childhood, sexual abuse, um, or abuse in general. Right. Um, and originally I started off by getting my master's in social work. Um, because I was like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Like, but mm-hmm. then I realized I really did not want to do therapy. Mm. I'm not, I'm not built to be a therapist. Like right. props to all my therapist friends, counseling friends, like they are amazing. And to my own therapist is amazing, mm-hmm. but I just, I couldn't see myself doing that. Right. So I'm much more of a like, it's called macro social work. So mm-hmm. it's more of the like program development, community organizing, like right. big picture kind of stuff. Oh, right. <laughs> and so, and so it's, I, my path just kind of led me there, honestly. Like while I was in grad school, I ended up attending a sex toy party. And I basically, after graduating, I found myself like jobless <laughs> and newly single. <laughs> And I was just one of those, like, I feel like, hey, you know, this Athena's Home Novelties um, gig, you know, doing sex toy parties could be kind of fun, like, right. it could be a fun little side thing. And I just found that when I started working for a nonprofit, I found that the youth were asking the same questions that the adults were asking mm-hmm. at toy parties in a, like, I don't, I don't know if this is okay. Right. You know, like, does this make me bad? Does this make me abnormal? And I was like, there's just something did not happen. <laughs> like, there was a huge connection piece that just didn't happen. Uh, and and it just made sense for me to, to then delve into the sex ed world right. as a way to also not just – because I feel like a lot of the prevention stuff can feel really heavy, especially when it comes to – you know, sexual assault, mm-hmm. but there's the whole, like, pleasure piece of it that gets missing. Like, if we had talked about pleasure, if we talked about, um, you know, like, pleasing a partner, pleasing ourselves, right? where would that have led us? You right. know, there's been so much of history that has just been about, like, no, like, don't do it, don't pleasure <laughs> yourself, you know, and here we are, like, look at that. Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think are the biggest myths associated with folks with folks' sex life after sexual assault? Oh gosh, like they need fixing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> or is it like it's either that they need fixing or that everything is really like every move that they make, like, oh, they turned left. It must have been because they experienced trauma. <laughs> and it's like, what like what? <laughs> How does that make sense? You know, like, yes, it was it was something that happened, but it doesn't define us as survivors, right? Mm-hmm. 
And, and for me, I, I came to this realization when, when I was like jobless and newly single, I found myself really like hooking up with a bunch of people, like dating multiple people. Um, this was still a time when like, it wasn't so scary to be on Craigslist oh. <laughs> looking for hookups. <laughs> Which it was like not so scary. Um, Those good and old there days. was a whole period of time when I was like, "Is this is this like me like quote acting out? Mm. Like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I was basically trying to figure out like, you know, is this because of my trauma? And then I was like, uh, no, that doesn't make sense, you know. And, and it made me realize like, you know, I've never in all in all the situations that I felt like I had control over the situation like I actively went out and did stuff and mm. I actively went out and met people and it was under my terms or it didn't happen at all right. and it was really my way of taking control over my sexuality mm. and I think that 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 part the being able to have control over our sexuality is something that that was first of all taken away Right. During the assault, right? But but we still have that. Like, it's still there, and, and, and we just kind of have to find it again, you know, because it was so it, – it was it can be associated with really negative things. And, you know, to, to then be able to take control over it on our own can be big. Definitely. And I think you're, I think you're hitting on, on a really big point here. I think that – I think that um, for so many people, I think as far as just like what we do to self-medicate when we don't heal or what we do as far as mm-hmm. acting out or quote acting out behaviors um, when we don't like, what's the word I'm looking for? When we don't like um, heal the heal the wounds. These are all quotes. <laughs> you can't see right, me. Right, right, right. And so I do think it's something interesting that you say in that, like, you went out to seek experiences rather than letting a moment define you or rather than letting, you know, a narrative over overtake you. Because I think that I think that happens a lot as far as like mm-hmm. say that. And I've, I've had friends who, you know, who are survivors and they're just like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. Like, stop looking yeah, at yeah. me like. Like, there's something wrong with me or stop looking at me like you have to be delicate. Like, I'm really good. And I think every person's experience is unique for themselves because there are people who are like, yo, I'm good. Like, I did my work or I sat with it or whatever and I'm I'm through it. I got through it. Like, boom, I'm ready to move on. And you do have some people who are like, no, this is not okay. This is not okay. And may see some of their behaviors as, like, acting out or they are trying to reclaim their you know their experience and so I think I think you hit the nail on the head there and I think the question that I have is how what 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 should folks who've experienced sexual assault know about getting back into their bodies and having sex and how do we reclaim our sexuality after sexual assault oh yeah well well so I mentioned earlier you know like part of what had happened was that our control or our sense of control over our sexuality was sort of taken away in in traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. right and part of that involves part of that process unfortunately can involve a lot of this 
blaming mm. and, and not just from others, like the, the, the like blatant victim blaming that can happen from others, but it can also come from ourselves because these are messages that we've been fed our whole lives. Even, you know, like even if you've never experienced any sort of trauma or assault, like we are being fed all of these messages mm. about like, well, this person could have done something different and they wouldn't have gotten hurt. And it's just ugh, like completely counterproductive and right. it just messes with our heads so easily. Right. So, what, you know, one of the things I, I, I try to tell people is that there's, there's no pressure. There's no pressure to do anything, to try anything that makes them feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I like, I've, you know, I've gone skydiving. I think it's really fun. And I would totally do it again, but I'm not going to be like, oh, you're scared of skydiving. Come with me. You're coming with me right now. Like that doesn't make sense. You know, if that person's not going to be into it, then, then what's the point? Right. 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 Uh, And so, and so to really, to really consider you know, there's no pressure. There's no end goal. There's no mm. like finish line. Like, oh, I've had, you know, PIV, penis and vagina sex, or I've had oral sex, or I've had a relationship for longer than one year. I am healed. Right. You know, <laughs> this is not usually how it happens. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, and to really think about, okay, what is your level of comfort? And it could be really starting with being comfortable with just putting lotion on your body every day, right? Mm. And, and this comes up, too, sometimes, you know, of course, in the sex toy parties, I, I try to have a private um, ordering area so that if people have any questions, um, that's usually a, a point when sometimes people will start to disclose, you know, personal history. Mm-hmm. and. And sometimes these are the people who their friends, their well-meaning friends who clearly like love and care for them, are really eager for them to heal, like quote heal faster. Mm. So it's like here, buy a sex toy, then you'll be healed. Mm. And it's like, no, not a magic wand, right? I mean, not that kind of magic wand, you know? <laughs> right? So, so you know, I, I I usually have to be like, let's take like 10,000 steps back. Like, are you even comfortable putting lotion on your body? Mm. You know, and some of them are like, yeah, not really. You know, like, I don't really understand the point. And I'm like, well, you know, it gets dry. But, it's, you know, <laughs> we can we can work with that. You know, there's, there's so many other ways that someone can become comfortable with their body before they even go into masturbation. And, and that's still a part of sexuality right. and sensuality. Right. Right? Like, our skin is our largest organ. Mm-hmm. And, and it literally is, is covers so much of our bodies, like all of our bodies, right. basically. And and it doesn't have to start with like the vulva or the penis or nipples. Like it doesn't have to start with an erogenous zone. You know, I mean, it could even be like it could even be being comfortable and familiar with with like your breath. Right. You know, like it could be. Like, oh, my breathing is suddenly irregular. Why? Why is my breathing irregular? What just happened around me? Yeah. You know? Um, and paying attention to that can be, like, a step 
Not even step one. It's like a step. And it might even need to happen several times. Definitely. You know? And I think I think the biggest theme of what you're discussing and like the breathing and the putting lotion is is that whole getting back to your body thing. Because if yeah. we haven't, if we've been out of our bodies or some people describe like during their assault, like I felt like I was having like a bad outer body experience. I wasn't in my body mm-hmm. putting mm-hmm. on that lotion or just like touching and just like knowing what touch is, is consensual touch for you and touch that feels good. And breathing lets me just like get back to, it helps me get back to all my senses and it helps, you know, helps us be in our bodies a little bit more because sometimes I know for me, like the whole breathing thing, because like you, my best friend's a a social worker. She's a therapist and she's always like, are you breathing? And sometimes when I'm having like a high stress day, I'm like, girl, what you mean? Am I, Oh, it's like, you realize like you're holding a lot of tension in like your shoulders or you're holding just a lot of, like I have, I've had a migraine for the last three days and I know it's because like, I haven't let out like a good, like, now my shoulders are not tense anymore. Oh, and now my right. now I've like completely filled up my belly with breath and I'm like sitting here and I'm just like being quiet and I'm paying attention to way the to you know different different sensations and just the mm-hmm. air around me because I think for so for so many of us like we're go 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 we don't have time to process right. and we don't have time to you know get back to our bodies unless it's like we're being very intentional about it. Right. One of the things I've, I've recently learned in the past, like, well, maybe like two-ish years mm-hmm. was about, like, taking a deep breath and then when you breathe out, making a sort of, like, deep guttural noise Ooh. along with the, like, breath out mm-hmm. because it, it, sim- it simulates, um, or it stimulates <laughs> um, our vagus nerves which is related to, like, um, fear and anxiousness and the vibrations that come with the, like, making a guttural noise when we breathe out help the vagus nerve to feel like, oh, you know, I am safe. I am in a comfortable place. Mm. Um, And it might feel really odd, like, especially if you're not the kind of person who likes to make a lot of noise because again you know and especially as like female-bodied folks sometimes we're being taught that you can't make a lot of noise or you can't like be large and like present right to be able to like do that release can be in and of itself orgasmic without necessarily being like touching yourself and you know what i mean right how did you become so comfortable sharing your story your journey and being sexy and sensual and sexual and speaking up about it. Because I, I see I see you with your mermaid outfits on. You're out here. You got your little two-piece on. You're speaking up. And, and I think for a lot of us, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put ourselves out there. And especially folks, you know, depending on where they are in their process, it's like, wait, my body? Mm-hmm. No, I'm okay. Like, mm-mm. Right. Oh, boy, it's an everyday thing. <laughs> it is an everyday, like, I have to check in with myself. It's like, all right, are you okay? You're going to be fine. <laughs> totally going to be fine. Like, that voice has to keep playing over and over. Mm. Um, but part of my healing actually involved uh, the, uh, basically sharing my story at uh, 
uh, take back the night events at my college in oh, my wow. undergrad. And it was like every, even my campus was, was, um, very like hippy dippy. It was, mm-hmm. it was lovely, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, every year I looked forward to this event, even though the first year I had no idea what to expect. And when it happened, it was like intense and emotional. And I got so close to my homemates because we all shared, you know, really intense stories. And, and every year I made it a point to be like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to share my story. Mm. And it might be the same people that you hear my story again and again, but it's fine. I'm not going to know any of them. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> and, Who are these people? Nobody. Right. And that <laughs> actually helped to give me the strength to open up to my parents because I had not told them at all about what had happened to me mm. until I was a senior in college. Mm. Um, and my, you know, my experience happened to me when I was like seven or eight. And so, wow. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was a big deal. Right. Right. Uh, and then, and I think because of that, because of the take back the night events and, and luckily having a community of people who are extremely, just like caring and they would listen. And this was all before any of us had any knowledge of, you know, training of of this sort of thing, you know, of like how to, how to speak with survivors or how to, you know, how to support survivors before I knew that any of that existed. I luckily had friends who were already great at that. Um, And then when I moved to Boston, and uh, soon after grad school, I had learned about um, the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center's Survivor Speakers Bureau. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because I had, I had like, gotten on their mailing list, and then it was just like, oh, look, there's this thing happening. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. You know, like, this could be a really great opportunity to to kind of do what I did at the Take Back the Night event so mm-hmm. as a part of my healing. But also as a way to further my personal mission of helping to prevent, you know, abuse and sexual assault, you know, and, and it ended up becoming a, like a fantastic opportunity to find a community of other survivors and really learn from each other. So I I have to say, like, I mean, I guess it was partially luck, but also, uh, you know, (laughs) finding community was such a huge part of it. I love that. No, community is so yeah. is so important. I think having caring people around us and I think on one of your talks you invited your part your your partner on to yeah. to talk through like how like I think it's the same topic, like how to love and care for someone who's experienced um sexual assault or trauma and having sexual experiences with them. He has been such a great supporter, mm-hmm. and and you know, like we both have had to do a little bit of learning too, because this is, um, you know, the most uh, committed relationship that I've been in, right? Considering that we're married, <laughs> but <laughs> and so you know, it's like okay, well, we are married. We have to figure out how to do the things that make each of us happy, right? And 
And, you know, and if something isn't going well, then we want to figure out how to make it work better, Mm -hmm. you know, like not always perfect because I don't know if that's a realistic expectation, but just that we can each be heard and understood and supported. Definitely. Definitely. So what was that conversation like at first, like for both of y'all? Uh, luckily we were friends beforehand and I happened to, um, share my story with, with him and our other friend mm-hmm. before he and I started dating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he already knew my history and, and I think what, what ended up happening was I invited him to come attend one of the, um, one of my speaking engagements mm-hmm. for the Survivor Speakers Bureau. Mm-hmm. And people got to ask questions. People get to ask questions at the end, you know, and and um, and I think he got to see, like, oh, okay, you know, like, there, I mean, he knows, he, he does not ever have to worry about me being a delicate flower, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He knows that I will speak up and that if something is wrong, right. I, I like actually have to say something because, and this is actually, this is something I learned when we were started dating, that like when something went wrong, we actually worked together. So ha. that was an interesting situation. <laughs> he was maybe sort of kind of superior to me. It's fine. It's a, it's a story. Uh, it's a story. It's a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so when things were not going well at this job and I was having such a difficult time there, it was because I was, my concerns were being squashed and being kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll kind of listen to you, but we're not actually going to listen to you. Mm. And that's when I learned, like, I break into a really, <laughs> like, kind of hulkish mm demeanor if I don't get to express something, you know, like anger, frustration, like if I don't, everybody's in trouble. Right. Uh, and so, and so I think learning that with him then helped us both be like, okay, this is what I need, you know, what do you need and how can, how can we kind of move through this? And then there's been times when, you know, we might be in the middle of, you know, having some fun, sexy time, yeah. and suddenly I am not feeling so good, or like some just something will happen. Mm. Um, you know, I might get triggered or something, and I've I've definitely had to be like something's wrong. I need you to stop. And he'll kind of he gets he's very protective, so mm-hmm. he's very much like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? Do you need me to stop? And and. and you know, the last thing he wants in life is to hurt anybody. Right, right. <laughs> and so, you know, he he definitely went into caretaker mode. Um, and then there are things that he's done that I have no idea where he learned them from, but he just, like, did it, and it was perfect, <laughs> and it was exactly what I needed at the time. Mm. And I just don't know, like, he, his brain is just brilliant. Um, because one time I had this like nightmare that someone had broken into our house and Mm -hmm. someone was in the house. So of course, like I wake up and I'm like, someone's in the house. And our apartment is like tiny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can stand on one end of the house and and 
if all the doors are open, I can see the other end. Right. You know? So I I needed him to, like, just check. Like, I know it was a dream, but I just need you to check. But I'm just, like, like, crying in bed. And so he got up and he turned on the light. He was, like, calling back to me as he was moving through the house. Like, I'm going into the kitchen. I'm going into the bathroom. I'm turning the lights on. You know, and he's like, nobody's here. And he comes back to the bedroom. And he's like, okay, you know, do you want to walk with me through the house? Oh. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> in the moment, I was like, uh, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'll be with you, so I'll be I'll be fine. And so we, we literally, like, <laughs> again, like, our apartment's not big. I say house, but it's an apartment. It's small. And he, like, walked me through. And then when we got through the house, he was like, okay, when you're ready, I'm going to let you turn off the lights. And it was like, what? Like, who is this person you know, like, right now? Like, what the hell is happening? Who thinks of that in the middle of the night when both of us are exhausted right. and sleepy? Right. But, but it was perfect. And I think that, you know, like, there's, there's the understanding that, like, okay, you know, like, you're having a moment, and you need to be able to then have control over the situation. And this is one way that I can help you have control over the situation. And like that can be applicable to so many different situations and to so many different people that like, I, and that was, that was a big reason why I wanted him to come on was to kind of talk about that, you know, because, and he was like, I don't actually really remember that. Right. Like, like, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, but it was so good. And so, yeah, like it was, I got, I got real, I got good one over here. No, that's great. And it uh, leads me to one of our listener questions, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. So, uh, one of our listener questions comes from, I'm going to say Petey. This person uh, said not to say their name. Um, so, oh. Petey asked, um, my partner, um, my partner has experienced sexual trauma and I want to be a good partner. Um, but sometimes I feel stuck and I don't want to trigger them. How can I be a good partner to someone who's experienced sexual trauma? Uh, I think it's a lot of learning together. One, you know, because that their partner might not know for themselves yet, you know, like what Mm. they need in the moment. Mm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like, I don't want it to sound like, well, you're just going to make mistakes and just be okay with it because obviously that's not the case. Uh, but, like, have a conversation and be like, hey, you know, like, in certain situations, is there anything that I can do that would be helpful for you? You know, that's mm-hmm. always a good question. Is there something that I can do to be helpful for you? Is it just giving you space? <laughs> you know, is it leaving the room? You know, and... And sometimes it might not feel – I've definitely had conversations with other people's partners and they're like, well, you know, that's that's not exactly – that doesn't feel good or or it doesn't feel resolved. And it's like, well, you know, there's – there's again, like there's not this finish line, right? Like it's not just like, oh, I asked this question and I show them that I care and then they're healed and we're never going to have another potential trigger again. Uh, I think, you know, it's a constant, continuous 
potentially lifelong process. Mm. Uh, and I think that if, if there is an understanding from, from, you know, all the people involved in a relationship that one, you know, everyone's coming into this with good intentions, that there's love and there's care between the folks and that's where you're starting, you know, then, then the next steps are, are just going to depend on what they're the person who's experienced the trauma needs in the moment. Mm, I like that answer. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I think it's like you said, it's individual and the person may not know, but I think, I think the biggest thing that, that I've learned is just handling folks with care. Cause I've even had girlfriends, just like friends who are women um, who, you know, I will like grab their wrists as in like, oh, come on, let's go. And it will trigger something. And I have yeah. to know in that moment to just like turn around and say like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to grab your wrist. Or if I like when it first happened, I didn't, of course, didn't know what was happening. Mm. Right. And so I turn around, I look at, you know, I, I've looked at a friend and she's been frozen and that's when she's like disclosed and been like, that's just a mm. bad point for me or that's not okay um, for me. Um, it makes me uncomfortable. And so keeping that in mind and knowing and checking in, like if, you know, we accidentally bump wrist or if we abs- abs- uh, you know, accidentally engage with something involving the wrist, I know to be like, are you, I'm so sorry didn't mean to do that. Uh Are you okay? Do you need a moment? Um, and I think, I think as long as our, I think if our intentions are good and we are listening, I think that's the biggest thing, listening with both our eyes and just all of our senses Uh and checking in. I think that's how we can definitely continue on this path to being a good partner, whether that's, whether that's platonic friendship or, you know, in a romantic relationship. Right. And not having any expectations. Yes. They could be like, you know, I'm actually really mad at you right now. And I just need to step away. (laughs) You know, and like, and that's gotta be okay. Like they need to work through that emotion and then, you know, and then let them have the time and the space to be in those feelings. You know, Mm. oh oh my gosh, I've definitely gone through that myself. Like, I'm really mad right now. I just need to be really mad. And then eventually, when I'm ready, I will have a conversation. Right. (laughs) But I just need to go and, like, scream into a pillow and have a temper tantrum. (laughs) Let me do that. Let me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a second question here from Natasha. And Natasha says, do you actually think it's possible to enjoy sex after abuse? My abuse happened about 10 years ago, and I am trying everything, but I just, I don't have faith that I can possibly enjoy sex again. What are your thoughts, and how do you think I can start enjoying sex? Mm, Oh my goodness. Um, Was that Natasha? Natasha. N.A. Natasha. Oh, Natasha. Um, first of all, Natasha, you know, I'm so sorry that that happened. You know, uh, these things that happen in this world mm. and just are not okay. And certainly none of it was your fault. And I definitely believe 
you know, the, 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 the going through the motions can be so difficult. Yeah. So difficult. Uh, I think... I think there... I, I mentioned this earlier, you know, but there's this weird pressure, right? Like, well, I need to, like, sex is the ultimate goal and then I'll be okay, mm. you know? And, and and that... I don't think that that's necessarily the case, you know? Um again, like, are you comfortable putting lotion on your body? Right. <laughs> you know, how do you notice your breathing throughout the day? Right. Um, and really starting there, like starting, it might feel like really base level and it might not feel like it's going fast enough, but there's, again, there's no such thing. There's no speed limit. There's no, you know, finish line. Right. Uh, the finish lines that, that feel like they exist are ones that are often put on us by, you know, by the media, by all the things that we're seeing, you know, um, the happily ever after idea, you know, and, and it's just going to be different for everybody. Um, I mean, if you feel up to it and ready after, you know, feeling like you are connected to your body in the, in the, you know, recognizing your breathing and, um, being okay with, with like touching your own skin, like your knee, (laughs) you know, or your, your feet, right. Not necessarily your genitals. Um, that, you know, like if you feel ready, like feel free to take, like step out of the comfort zone, try, you know, touching yourself on your nipples or caressing your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe eventually moving into touching your genitals or using a toy um, can be helpful. But if it feels like, no, this isn't working, right. then then put that aside, you know, like take, take, find another step that isn't as invasive feeling um, I think also there's this, there's this, the, the piece of it that I feel like where people are really eager to get to the, to the sex part is the idea that, that we have to please someone else, mm. you know, and, and where that fits in our definition of our own sexuality if that makes sense, Definitely. like, but like my sexuality isn't just me in my own world. It's how I relate to other people and how I'm sexual with other people. And that can be certainly a part of it, but that's not all of it. Definitely. You know? And so, so to really like examine that and think about, you know, what, what does that mean? Like, is is that why I'm feeling so attached to the idea that you know there's this ultimate goal, um, and and yeah, just kind of re- maybe redefining and and re uh, or just examining, examining it, taking a look. I like it. I mean, the question wasn't yeah. for me. <laughs> I 
was like, yeah. I was like, I like that answer. No, I totally, I, I, I totally agree, and I, 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 I mirror everything that you said. Like, one, appreciate being safe enough to ask the question, but two, yeah, I think all of those things. I think that um, if you need any added support or you need any, you know, any therapy, I think sometimes we discount the amount that therapy can help us in through certain situations and know that there are sucky therapists out there. So if you're like, I've been doing this and my therapist does not help get another one because they are not, all therapists are not made equal. And if you feel like yours is not helping or helping you at least do a little breakthrough, then it's okay to like move on and find somebody that's really going to support you um, in your work. And again, I, I think not um, all of the things that Cecilia said, as far as releasing the pressure and taking the pressure off, I think could be helpful as well, because you don't have to do anything that you're not prepared for. And if you are prepared for finding someone who is careful with your um, feelings, with your sensitivities, with the way that your body feels until you, and, and just, just allowing you to be in each moment and and going as far as you want to go, I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. With any relationship, not uh, like there. Absolutely. With a romantic relationship, the way um, one of my first social work supervisors said it is, you hire them, you fire them. (laughs) You know, they don't get to take up space in your life if they are not helping you move forward. Definitely. Absolutely right. That's something. Some of these therapists are out here, and I see them online, I'm like, what? Uh, No. That's Mm -hmm. a no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right. That's a no. You, you ain't helping fired. nobody. You're deleted. And, right. And uh, you what? need to do your own work too. So, boop, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Cecilia, I had a good time with you. I learned a lot. There were some things that I had not thought about. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your insight. Where can we find you and where can we support your work? Oh, my goodness. Well, you can find me on goddesscecilia.com. That's uh, G-O-D-D-E-S-S-C-E-C-I-L-I-A.com. That's really important because there's a lady in Minnesota who really dislikes <laughs> me right now. Um, <laughs> she's just really unhappy with this whole situation. It's like, oh, um, mm, that's so great. Yeah. So convenient. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter as um, at Goddess Cecilia, um, you can definitely you know learn all about the different things I'm doing. You can catch me on O School on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 10 mm. p.m. or excuse me, 7 p.m. Pacific. Whoa, and 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Um, doing my little weekly live streams. Yes. And yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. So, last question. How do you build your vagistine? So I love this. <laughs> so vagistine was a term coined where I believe that if someone has confidence of and in their vulva and vagina, they have a healthier and more satisfying sex life. 
Um, and they're and they will better take care of those body parts. So, how do you build your vagina? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, masturbating. Yes. Um, knowing what I look like and without any judgment and knowing that there are some days when one hair will decide to do something different than the others and you just, you just can't do anything about it. Yes. (laughs) You know, and, and really like, it's about that community, right? Surrounding myself with awesome, positive people but also awesome positive images. There's just so much trash out there. Mm. It, like, it needs to be taken out, and we need to fill everything that we see with beautiful things. Yes. However you define beauty. I love it. Yes, I love it. it. Yay! Cecilia, <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for making the time to be on. I cannot wait to see what you do next. Oh, thank you so much, Vanessa. It was really seriously (laughs) such an honor. Hey, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Cecilia. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast and you generally enjoy it, go ahead and rate and comment on Apple Podcasts. It is the purple little app on your iPhone. If you have one, you can leave a comment at SoundCloud. You can follow it on SoundCloud as well. You can listen to the podcast on Google Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can send me your emails at vagesteam at gmail.com. You can send your questions there. You can even text at 443-692-7888. Zero two. I love hearing from you. I love hearing your thoughts. If you have a show idea, if you have someone I need to be talking to, if there's some thing that you're like, all right, what's up with that? We got to talk to this person. Go ahead, drop me a line. I love hearing from all of you. You can support the podcast by not only listening, you could tell a friend or five. You can drop some coins in the collection basket at vagesteam.com. That's how I keep hosting the podcast. That's how I keep hosting the website. Also make sure that you follow Vagisteam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I hope you have a great day. So possessive, so I Thank you.